0: Hello, dear listener, and thank you for uh, checking out Something Rotten. Uh, We talk about pretty uh, awful games in this show generally, and I put content warnings in the description for most episodes. Um, But I do want to just do one um, in front of this whole season because, uh, boy, there are some... Wretched topics that we go into in the show, uh, including but not limited to uh, extended discussions of sexual abuse and suicide. So, if um, if either of those things are things that you don't want to consider for any reason, uh, here's just a heads up: it's going to be pretty hard to avoid. Hello and welcome back to Something Rotten. This is the season finale of our series on Silent Hill. Blake Hester is here. My name is Jacob Geller. It's been a while. Oh my god, Jacob. We haven't recorded and like... Alright, let's... let's Jacob, do you see this
1: curtain I have in front of my camera? Uh, no I don't. I'm pulling it back to give a peek behind. Oh my goodness. Um, Something Rotten. An incredible podcast. Maybe not the most thought out podcast because we were like, "What if we recorded every day for eight months?" And this has been the longest break we've ever had, which has been about a month. It's been while I've been in Louisville. We have we recorded the Resident Evil Four, uh, Separate Ways thing on Nebula, Nebula TV yep. slash something. Check on, it if out if you want to check that out. Michael Larry was the guest. It was very great. And then, but that was when I first got here. That was like the first week I was here. Then an entire month has passed. I haven't spoken a damn word to
0: you. No, we have not played Fortnite at all. No. We haven't talked about how Retail Row is bad, And
1: we haven't been talking about how we're trying to get those
0: retail... I'm not going to... This is your <laughs> bit. All
1: right, all right, all right. Anyway, what's up?
0: Yeah, it's it's been... You know, it's funny because I've been... I have been playing and beating so many games over this month and I've been like, wow, why do I have like so much time to like play games now? It's like, oh yeah, because I'm not recording like four seasons of Something Rotten within two months. Uh, we are here today because the listeners have sent in uh, a truly incredible volume and quality of questions. We have so many that were sent to Something Rotten podcast at gmail.com uh, that if we don't read your question, it's not because it was bad. It's just because we had so many of these to answer. But I can't wait to uh, to dive into them. Um, before we do, though, because it's been a month since we played the Silent Hill games, you had any more thoughts on them? You, have you been, like, thinking about Silent Hill 2 or 3? I mean, I have. But, uh,
1: you know, it's been really fascinating. So I've been back in my hometown, and I've been with the goons, you know, my boys, and my boy Tay has never played uh, – sh- what's up, Tay? I know you're listening. Love you, brother. I'll see you at pastime later. We're going to get some fried fish. Can't wait for that shit. Uh, he's never played Silent Hill 2? He's never played Silent Hill 3. Oh, okay. And I was like, brother bear, don't you worry. I have a completely legal copy just sitting on my PC right now. You can come over and play it. And it's really interesting watching someone else play Silent Hill 3 – because those games are so inscrutable when you're in the moment, when you're playing it, you're just in the zone, you're just figuring it out. But as a passive mm-hmm. observer, I was just like laying on that couch watching him. It's like watching uh, I don't give me help me out here. What's a good
0: metaphor? I know what you're saying. It's like it's like, um, I don't know, watching someone else put together a jigsaw puzzle mm. or something where it's just kind of like they're just failing until they're not. Also, I think I talked about this on the show, but the keybinds for my PC
1: version were so Borked that I had to just like <laughs> Yeah, I had the same thing. I had to completely wrap my head around the most uh unbelievable control scheme of all time and it became second nature after a while trying to explain it to Taylor and just be like all right so uh y- your inventory is tied to the uh left thumbstick click it in if you want to check your inventory was really a trip uh, anyway
0: that's been my major And thought. we should make clear that this is this is a different Taylor playing Silent Hill than the Taylor that we had on our bonus episode available on Nebula talking about Silent Can Hill. Can I say something yes i
1: never put it together that their name was taylor
0: yes ta- tails is a taylor wow you learn something new every day i'm not
1: saying i thought their name was tails but i never was like what would their name actually be i just just tails to me wow. two
0: tails two silent hills uh let's start with two questions blake that are kind of similar to each other okay you want to go do you want me to go I'll go. Mitchell writes in and says, Horror has always been a genre very concerned with gender. Playing Silent Silent Hill 2 for the first time to follow along with the podcast and listening to the Silent Hill 3 sections, the series seems a lot more focused on femininity itself rather than telling more common stories where women adopt masculine violence. See, basically every slasher. Are there any other horror stories you recommend that take a similar approach? And then... Felix wrote in and said, As a trans man, one of the things that's been on my mind throughout every season is how distinctly masculine these rotten games are. Uh, I even thought it ought to be listed as one of the defining qualities of rotten games. Even The Last of Us, which stars a female cast, feels haunted by masculinity. However this season on silent hill specifically on silent hill three finally provides an extremely feminine game that is rotten to the core i just wanted to ask your guys general thoughts on how gender plays into rotten games and what other feminine rotten media might be out there uh blake i feel like you were excited about this question i
1: thought about so well i i was definitely the first question because i felt like i had some good recos for mitchell here Mm -hmm. um one, I haven't played Rule of Rose, but I have been told mainly in our emails that Rule of Rose is a very good game to follow up Silent Hill 3 with. So right. uh, it is the second most rare PS2 game of all time. So maybe try to figure out a different way to play that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, hey how do you feel about Gore Verbinski's Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, but some films you could check out, of course, are uh, Andre Master Masterwork possession jacob please watch it we talked about it on the uh nebula bonus podcast with tales Mm -hmm. uh possession one of not only the greatest horror films of all time one of the greatest films of all time really uh centers itself on uh not unlike gone girl which i just recently watched the horrors of being married and whether or not you can really know a spouse and what if one
0: of them is fucking a demon and and you think that the um it's the 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 horror is specifically feminine based I don't you know think it's, it's like is the, is it like you know being scared of masculine violence or or is i it... think that's
1: a facet of it for sure because uh-huh. uh, the husband uses his um dominant position in the relationship to uh inflict violence upon his wife at points but i mean that the, the the movie also does a lot of role reversals on the typical like, uh, I don't know, fictional portrayal of dominant and submissive participants in marriages, mm-hmm. which I think is very fascinating. And I think by the end, uh, the wife in that relationship has a uh, completely flipped the script on what kind of like marriage based thrillers or horror films can be um in really fascinating ways another one we talked about i believe on the uh bonus pod this is just the bonus pod at this point is raw a film uh very obsessed it's by julia de i don't know um how to pronounce her name the director of Teton. uh she won the palm day or a couple of years ago it's uh specifically about puberty for teenage girls uh it's also a cannibal film it's also uh maybe an allegory for being vegetarian or maybe not being vegetarian. Now that I think about it, uh, great, great stuff.
0: I have a, um, my, my roommate, you know what? Actually, I don't think it's raw. I think it was my, my former roommate was telling me that she watched raw and was like, okay, I'm, I can like deal with this. And then watched another movie that you have brought up on this podcast, I think, and ha- like had to turn it off halfway through, but I'm trying to remember what it was. Like another French extremity. I mean the I what I've talked about inside martyrs. Is there I I think it was Mart it's is someone flayed alive yeah, martyrs. in Martyrs? Martyrs. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. She was she was like I was watching it, I was having a pretty hard time, and then I looked up the plot summary and saw that I hadn't got to the part where someone was flayed alive yet and decided to check out. We talked
1: about Martyrs on the Silent Hill bonus pod, uh, because That's right. that, that is a movie about a religious cult uh, torturing someone to bring about <laughs> like enlightenment. Uh, last couple one is a Sleepaway Camp. I'm in no position to talk about the gender stuff in Sleepaway Camp. You can look it up. Uh, a lot of trans writers have written about it. There's, But there's a lot going on with gender in that film. Um, and Visitor Q, kind of, t- one of Takashi Miike's most notoriously gross films, I think has a really interesting scene about uh, middle-aged women and their sexuality and taking control of it. It's not a horror film. It's a, like a, kind of a dark, jet black comedy. Um, but anyway, I have one more in there, but I don't think that one's actually
0: yeah hey look save some for the next bonus pod um let's talk about the second question um uh our our general thoughts on how gender plays into rotten games and what other feminine rotten media might be out there second part you you kind of answered i the the first part is interesting though and we talked a little about this on the silent hill three pods but like a defining aspect of most of our rotten games has been misogyny specifically you know that it's like women are in it and the game seem to hate them and so playing silent hill 3 is Mm -hmm. interesting because it's like very specifically a horror game about being a woman but it's the game doesn't seem to hate women which i would say about you know Kanan lynch or max i
1: don't think like rotten media is specifically masculine right because i just brought Mm -hmm. up a ton of films that are rotten that are not like inherently focused on men um i just think video games are misogynistic as a medium and that's why we get so that's why like we play so many like masculine rotten games
0: yeah you know i was actually i was i was doing a talk at a class recently and was was asked about kind of the gender divide and i feel like something that i always need to say is like men don't play more video games than women you know like the 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 gender split on gaming is pretty even but the kinds of games that men and women play are at least marketed very differently even if you know like there there are women who play call of duty and whatever but it seems like cod is marketed to men sims is marketed to women etc you know like that sort of thing
1: i think that's a, a very smart point to bring up i think like the one counterpoint is uh there's a pretty solid uh scale tipping in men's favor on who directs video games
0: yes well and so what i was going to say is just like it doesn't seem like it seems like the 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 gender scales are so divided by genre that, like, we really uh, don't get to see, like, there is, you know, and obviously this is all people, people's personal preference can cross these lines and whatever, but, like, you don't see a lot of, like, first-person shooter games made kind of targeting women, like, that's just, that's not, that's not really a thing that exists on a large scale in the industry yet, and certainly these kind of games that we're talking about, you know, I think, I think an interesting, counter example and a a game that I really think we should play and obviously ties into Silent Hill is Signalis is is a game that is like really interested in gender and relationships and like transness very specifically um, but is like a violent gross game in the same way as Silent Hill 2 or 3 but it's like even that you know it's like if there's a game that's going to exist like that it's going to be kind of indie because the support for like a big AAA production it just doesn't really seem yeah. there and the last of us is maybe the closest we've got but as um as felix pointed out all of the violence in the last of us feels kind of haunted by the specter of masculinity even if it's done by women i th- if you uh if you want to read
1: more about like the gender divide in video games and how and the toy industry and how that is uh, something just idiot men in an office completely uh, fabricated a long time ago and has cursed us forever. Polygon, one of Polygon's best stories of all time is called No Girls Allowed. It's written by Tracy Leon, uh in 2013. Sorry if I mispronounced your last name, Tracy. I don't think you're listening, but sorry, nonetheless. Um, uh, if you just Googled No Girls Allowed Polygon, It'll pop right up. It's a fantastic story. Um, it's one of the best pieces of video game journalism of all time. And uh, you can read all about it. Anyway, you ready to move on? Hell yeah. Yeah. You want to read this next yes. one? This comes from Rory H. Smiley Face. Your conversation with Super Eye Patch Wolf about the Silent Hill 2 soundtrack got me listening to it. And man, it is so good. My question is, how do you guys feel the soundtrack of Silent Hill 2 contributes to the game? And how does it alter your experience of the game? Any other games that you feel are deeply affected by their soundtracks? I think... I'm going to ignore the parts of the soundtrack that are the the, the Trent Reznor uh, banging on pots and pans synth sound. Right. <laughs> because that's obviously very scary. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the, the interesting part of the game's soundtrack are the rock songs. And yeah. they function in this completely uh, radical way of... Helping manipulate your emotions in ways that most video games don't. Like video games are so obsessed with like sweeping orchestral music, which is great and fine, but rarely you just get like a. The the, the thing about rock music is this: is the music of the people. You know, it's a working class. It's a working class genre, and it it speaks straight to your soul. So, uh, I think, I think it's like it sounds unique because you don't hear a lot of like soundtracks like that in games especially not in horror um but i also think it just like helps tell you how to feel about things because rock music is so expressive in a way that other genres aren't that like for such emotional games like they really help
0: guide your feelings in the right way well i think i think the specific Question about Silent Hill's soundtrack is good because it's like, oh, look, I'm someone who who loves soundtracks. I listen to them constantly. I score my videos with, you know, music taken from games and whatever. Um, But I think there is a difference in how Silent Hill 2 uses its soundtrack than a lot of other games, which is essentially like, you know, if you think about I the, the journey soundtrack, you know, the soundtrack to journey unquestionably one of the most beautiful video game soundtracks i think if you look at that game without the soundtrack you are already kind of getting the vibe the soundtrack gives you and then the soundtrack pushes it over the edge whereas i think if you look at silent hill 2 there is very little that would indicate that it would have the kind of like rock soundtrack that it does right 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 right. you know like i think i think the soundtrack is doing something very different than like the other aesthetics of the game and I think that's really fascinating when like the game is doing something and then the soundtrack is kind of doing something else and those those two things combine in a way that then creates like a new feeling whereas you know like I there there are a million games with beautiful soundtracks but a lot of times those are kind of you look at the game and you could kind of expect what it would sound like just by the other aesthetics of it and i think what is really cool is when like the soundtrack is able to kind of subvert what you think the game would sound like and and thus give you something else you know it's one of the like the oldest trick in the book but like scoring a very violent scene with an upbeat pop song you know think like reservoir dogs or whatever is like That is why those scenes are funny, is because there's, like, a tension created between the sound and the imagery. And I think that's what's cool about Silent Hill 2, is you have this this weird... And and 3, and, like, all of the Silent Hill soundtracks, is you have this weird tension going on. I'm kind of trying to think of other games that do similar things, where, like, the the soundtrack is not necessarily what you would expect uh well one very specific part of alan Wake, too oh yes it does uh we will have words about that yeah you
1: know jacob it's really been bumming me granted i i beat the game you know very early it's been bumming me out going on twitter and seeing people just tweeting about that i'm like that's such a bummer that that's being spoiled for people because if you don't know it's coming people
0: want to be spoiled they should listen to the nebula spoiler cast of alan wake yes too, coming sir. out soon um i think the um the the last level of max Payne 3 having the uh that health song uh with lyrics is really cool i mean like games with lyrics in general i think are are able to kind of do this more um obviously the you know the soundtrack cutting out in Hotline Miami is a pretty vital part of that experience like the game kind of sounds like you would expect up until it suddenly doesn't um yeah Silent Hill 2 soundtrack best to ever do Any it. other games you feel deep are are deeply affected by
1: their soundtracks I mean Hotline Miami
0: Yeah I I think you know um Disco Elysium Bayonetta uh you know there there are a lot of games I I, I think almost Almost every game is deeply affected by its soundtrack because music is, like, basically the most important thing you can use to affect someone's emotions. Near Automata. Near Automata would be almost unplayable, I think, if it did not have that soundtrack. i stoked to you to play near Automata for this podcast next year. Or, did I say I would do that? I, I feel like you did. I, okay, sure. Let's do it. I actually I saw a Sunni Legend gif of like, doing stunting on someone in Near Automata this morning, and I was like, fuck, that looks so good. I know the combat's not actually that good in that game, but, like, oh, boy. The thing
1: about Near Automata, Jacob, is it is the greatest game ever made. Anyway, let's move on. We're interrupting this broadcast to let you know that something rotten is dead. We're doing what? Starting immediately, something rotten is done. Finished. Gone. Bon voy freaking Oz Jacob. This podcast is now a Leo Vader Fancast. cast every week we're covering all the latest hottest and juiciest news about the Minneapolis movie
0: maker and if you've seen him you best believe there's plenty of hot news to talk about we're like as much as I love him we're not going to do that uh, but if you like Leo so much have you considered signing up to Nebula to what now Nebula Nebula is this wonderful streaming service run by creators with exclusive videos podcasts shows the whole nine yards I'm on there Leo Vader is on there Blake you're on there Is that what these checks are from? My God. Okay, here's the deal. When you sign up to Nebula using our code nebula.tv somethingrotten you get immediate access to early and ad free episodes of this show and exclusive bonus podcasts featuring guests such as Noah Caldwell Gervais, Gareth Damien Martin, and Chris Bratt. You also get access to Nebula's entire catalog of creators and content, and your money goes directly towards us making this show better. Do you think Leo feels about me the way I feel about him? I think a better
1: question is, does Leo know you exist? I've literally pooped in his bathroom. I would sure
0: hope so. Uh, Who's, this is your question. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, yeah, because this is a very important uh, aspect. EJ Olsen says, first off, I just want to say that finding something rotten has been one of the best things to happen to me this year. That rules. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to skip some of our uh, self-congratulating, but EJ Olson, thank you very much. This season, I was really excited when you announced the season would be covering Silent Hill 2 and 3 since it was the first time you were covering a game I both hadn't played and was already interested in. So this season was the first time I ever played along with the show, although I did end up tapping out of Silent Hill 3 pretty quickly. Um, uh, This season has definitely felt heavier than the others to me, so I thought I'd give you a more lighthearted question. What do you think James Sunderland's cookout order would be? It'd be... Great question. Something so foul. Uh... I I was talking to Annie about this before we started. I think he would not get the cookout tray right. because he's a dumb motherfucker and he doesn't know what's best for him. Cookout is a uh, a southern regional fast food chain for uh, people listening who don't know the best fast food chain. Um, I think he would get like a plain burger, no, no, like no. nothing no, on it's it. It's not even gross enough. He'd get a salad first
1: off. He'd get whatever their excuse, get a hot salad, whatever their excuse for a salad is, which you know, is like 80% ranch and cheese. And then he'd
0: get, sounds good to me. He'd get a ham sandwich, white bread, no mayo. You're not like, you're not playing by the cookout rules. You got to look at their menu. <laughs> you tell me they don't got salads on their menu. I was just. Assuming. I don't think they do. I also don't think they have ham sandwiches. I was just assuming they do because they have everything on
1: that menu. I'm pretty sure you could get no. caviar at Cookout. They have so much on that menu. Let me see. Cookout menu.
0: I think he would get a um like a chili burger with no bun. You know, oh, yeah. Just eat it with his hands, like a little freak.
1: Cookout. Hold on, I'm on
0: Insider.com. The cookout. Looking at the cookout menu feels like reading House of Leaves. <laughs> Like, the the way that it's aligned. You know what he
1: would get? Three cheese quesadillas and a medium water, no ice. That was in his order. That's it. That's the one. Uh, As it turns out, they do not have salads at cookout, which blows my mind. But... It's because they're the best fast food chain. They do have BLTs, so... You can get lettuce at cookout. Did we talk about
0: Heather saying it's bread? No. The meme. Classic. (laughs) That that's a meme that's now being beaten into the ground by Silent Hill Ascension, giving you a sticker that says it's bread. Let's not talk about Silent Hill Ascension. That's what I don't want to do. Uh, uh, Z the Stranger this is my question. Writes in and uh, asks a question that Blake's gonna read. Despite her, this comes from Z the
1: Stranger. Despite her similarity to, to in or despite her similarity in origin to the monsters, it's made clear that Maria is a sentient and conscious person with that in mind are the monsters also sentient and conscious. An idea that seldom comes up as far as an idea that seldom comes up is a look at what it's like to record our ads with me. <laughs> an idea that seldom comes up as far as I've seen is that of the monsters being viewed as living creatures that might have thoughts and feelings under the surface. I love this question because I think one of the more interesting ideas of silent hill monsters is that they're deeply sad Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, which makes me think they're just depressed motherfuckers trapped in their own skin so i well so
0: i thought i thought that you were going to bring up uh the source of our biggest fight (laughs) on this show which is the silent hill 3 idea where uh the psychologist uh dickhead says like don't you know they're people ha 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 you're killing people um but i think i think that z the stranger actually poses this question in a more interesting way which is not like are they living human beings but just like are are they anything you know are they just like animated flesh or do they have like you know some kind of personhood
1: one of my favorite monsters in video games are actually the runners from the last of us uh yeah because occasionally when you're beating the piss out of a runner they will show humanity Mm-hmm. It very it very rarely happens in the game, and I've always thought that was very
0: fascinating. Well, and uh, they've talked about I mean, it's like their animation yeah. is kind of they're not they're not sprinting at you like twenty eight days later yeah. style. It's like they're kind of holding back, like yeah. it's you know a person trying to get away and the fungus trying to get you. And I
1: think that's kind of like what like the 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 not the mannequins or whatever or the mosquitoes, but like specifically the. The things in Silent Hill 2 that look like they're in straitjackets, you know what I'm saying? They're, like, trapped.
0: Yeah, or, like, body bags. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, those, I just feel like there is a very sad person in there who, like, for two seconds and hours, like, oh, my God, I'm a person. And and they're, like, trapped again. (laughs) Like, I think that's really cool. And that's what I've always imagined them to be like. The mannequins are just scary mannequins.
0: Yeah, it's like the mannequins kind of feel like nothing, as do the bugs the the nurses are interesting because they're so kind of objectified you know they're supposed to be like kind of sexy that it's it's weird to think like is that a person that's like then been made sexy by like james's mind or something you know it feels it feels like he's manifesting this like objectified Here's monster the thing.
1: james like all of us saw the album art to enema the state and never saw nurses the same way after <laughs> out to i can't remember her name it doesn't matter
0: i think this is most true of the bosses mm-hmm. you know the bosses certainly feel like obviously the um uh angela's yeah. boss uh has has personhood in a very kind of disgusting way but like i do think that the the bosses that you fight generally feel more than just like something fucked up that came out of their yeah. brain you know it feels it feels like they are there somehow like they're they're really having an effect on the world and being affected by the world yeah. and all that Next question? Yeah. Um Brooke uh, writes with a correction gotta start this off with something i have to say but i'm also sorry how many people you're gonna hear this from stanley donwood isn't the stalker in the hospital that's just some guy you accidentally slandered for a two-hour episode the stalker is stanley coleman there you go brooke sorry stanley donwood. Brooke,
1: i would like to add though thank you for writing in this correction because you actually were the only
0: person who wrote it in so there we go yeah and Oh, and well and do you know who Stanley Donwood is? No. Because I have I have art by Stanley Donwood hanging in my house. He's the guy who's done like all the Radiohead cover art. Why did
1: we say Stanley Donwood?
0: I don't know. I mean, he's a he's a very cool artist. I think he also <laughs> did he did the art for uh my favorite book Underland by Robert McFarlane. Uh you know, he did if you can picture like I mean basically the the like Kid A yeah. Kid Amnesia exhibition, that was like a big Stanley Donwood collaboration, I'm pretty sure.
1: This must have been a Freudian slip on your part because there's no way I'm sure it I was. would have pulled
0: that out. That's so funny. Um, anyway, Brooke continues, I don't actually think it would be that cool if the monsters were just regular people. If I'm barred from ever listening again, I accept my fate. Uh, by way of apology, I'm giving you a collection of weird textures I've noticed slashed ripped from Silent Hill 3. For no clear reason, a bunch of doors right at the start of the mall say fucking Yggdrasil on them, as in, like, the world tree from Norse mythology. And your inventory has such delectable typos as Bullet of Shot Gan (laughs) and to Aid Kit. <laughs> I'm working on throwing the Something Rotten logo onto a shirt for Heather. That would be incredible. Uh, but I have to rebeat the game on my new PC before I can unlock the shirt myself and make sure the mods work. More wow. on that. That, would be awesome. that that rules. Bullet of shot Gan is yeah. very funny. Uh, I uh, also
1: Brooke, if you get that mod to work, I will uh, stream the entirety of Silent Hill 3 on Twitch
0: with it what okay what if we made our first merch was a t-shirt with heather wearing a shirt that said something rotten? that
1: would be sick also (laughs) here's a question for the listeners write into something what's our email something rotten pod at gmail.com podcast podcast at g something rotten
0: podcast at gmail.com or
1: just tweet at metallica's rad if you would buy something rotten merch and pay a respectable amount let us know.
0: Yeah, like a like a non sweatshop of weirdly enough.
1: It. I was thinking about this yesterday, Jacob, and I don't think we've ever talked about this on the pod. But something I say a lot while we're playing Fortnite. Is uh like we'll be landing and there'll be a lot of people landing with us. i so will be like, oh, a lot of future corpses here. And I was like, that would be yeah. a really good something rotten shirt. Is something that said future corpse on it. Jesus.
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah, that'd rule. Um, I was thinking th- just to touch on the the uh, doors saying Yggdrasil, Um, do you know the thing? Uh, with well, I'm sure you do with Evangelion, where it's got all that like all the Christian imagery and like whatever. And then Anno was kind of like, yeah, I just thought it was cool. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like it's, there's not like a huge, sometimes I, I, look, I am a fan of reading as deeply into anything as you want, but sometimes I do think people are just like, eh, it'd be kind of cool if we did this. No one can explain to me though why the
1: Declaration of Independence is in Silent Hill 3. (laughs) Wait, where was that? We talked about it on the show. It's just randomly a save like a safe thing in the game is like a torn up version of the Declaration of Independence.
0: You know, searching "sh three Declaration of Independence" doesn't actually get you anything. But I'm telling you, dude, it is in this. Oh game. yeah, no, no, you're you're right. Yeah, yeah. that's how weird. It's team Silent, man, geniuses. Do you know? Do you know the thing with um with like Wikipedia, the Star Wars Wikipedia, where it's like there's an entry for like toast on Wikipedia, yeah. and they're like toast is toasted bread which you can do with a laser toaster it's like i would love a silent hill version of the declaration <laughs> of independence wikipedia entry I, I need just like a gaming news
1: video that's like three hours long where he just breaks down why the declaration of independence is in silent hill 3 and what it means uh next question comes from george hey blake uh, a lot of people been writing in calling using Blakem. This is, like, a thing I was noticing yesterday. It's either they'll, like, portmanteau both our names, or it'll be Jacob and Blakem.
0: Jacob and Blakem.
1: Something in the water out there. I was a bit surprised that both of you didn't like the leave ending. It was the first ending I got, and I thought it was pretty good. I think... I think a part of this is that I don't seem to have as much trouble sympathizing with James as much as you guys do, which sounds really bad, but let me explain where I'm coming from. My partner and I are very strongly in the right to die with dignity camp and have had numerous morbid conversations that basically boil down to, oh God, if I'm not myself and or can't get better, please just kill me. So I guess maybe my personal bias kind of leaned me to interpreting Mary's killing just a bit differently. I think the text is ambiguous enough. She says that she both wants and does not want to die at various points, that you can interpret James' actions as slightly less cruel. He's still a bastard because his reasoning was completely selfish, but perhaps not an irredeemable one. It's a somewhat common trope. person experiencing extreme caretaker fatigue finally snaps and kills a loved one that has become a burden due to no fault of their own. Of course, we're never given all the details of how everything went down, but that's kind of my point. Anyways, love the show, and hope you interpret this email charitably, and don't think one of your fans is a would-be wife murderer. Sincerely, George, P.S. I love my wife. I am also with you, George. I think the uh, right to die with dignity completely... Jacob, I'll take it a step further. I think assisted suicide should be legal. Kavorkian, innocent. Uh, Mm -hmm. but I think Mary might have wanted to die at some part of her, in some part of her brain. I think James took her autonomy in making the final decision in Silent Hill. I think he murdered her. He there's there's a fine line between murder and assisted suicide, and I think he fell on the murder side
0: of it. Yeah, I feel like it's actually not even that fine. Yeah, you know, like it's (laughs) not. (laughs) I guess that's true. I, George, I think I think you are you are totally yeah, right in for sure. your reasoning, and what it comes down to for me is essentially a question of genre. You know, this is this is another kind of Alan Wake thing. Is like I think there is another story where the leave ending would have really fit, and we could have kind of like grappled with James's guilt, but also ultimately this being, you know, not as horrible a thing he's done as maybe he feels like it is. But, like, I just don't think that's the story that Silent Hill 2 is telling. You know, like, I think... I think, essentially, the rest of Silent Hill 2 is so rotten... That the redemptiveness of the leave ending feels a little out of place. You know, it's not... It's not that it's, like, a bad story beat... But just that it doesn't seem to match with the rest of the story for me. But that being said... I think we're really invested in reading this as a very rotten yeah. game. And so if you were reading it more as, you know, like something else or something kind of walking between genres or whatever, I totally get how you could, uh, you know, have have a, uh, a more positive reading on the leaf ending than we For do. For sure.
1: How do you feel about Dr. Kevorkian?
0: Uh Great name. <laughs> it's the
1: most something rotten take of all time. One of us coming on here and be like, Kavorkian innocent. <laughs> I, I think it's possible. I was reading about assisted suicide not long ago. You know, it's becoming increasingly more legal across the United States.
0: Yeah, but then there's, like, weird shit about yeah. it in, like, in Canada specifically. They're kind of—it's, like, it, it it's legal, and then it's—people are, like, maybe—I I truly don't know enough about it to know kind of what the right political stance to take on it is— uh, but but I know there is like controversy. Yeah, I
1: said the United States, which is the only country that matters. <laughs> USA baby. All right, <laughs> not
0: Canada. Uh, uh, have you ever read um, the the book A Monster Calls, which was made into a movie a while ago? No. So there is a uh, fair warning. I'm going to spoil the book A Monster Calls. Um, but it's like it's a kids book, kind of. It's like a you know a young like teens book. Um, that is about a a kid with uh, his mom has a terminal illness and he keeps seeing this monster and the monster is kind of a representation of of the illness you think or or whatever. Um, and and then the kind of like the thing that happens at the end that is this like really incredible and moving beat for the book is is like it is very silent hilly in that the um the monster is kind of like a manifestation of the kid's guilt. But like what the kid ultimately has to admit, like why he's feeling guilty, is he has thought like in some ways it would be easier if my mom died. You know, that like like living with her kind of terminally ill in hospital for like months and months is so hard on me. And it's like really traumatic seeing her there and I sometimes kind of wish that it was just over. And then the monster is kind of like, I'm not so monstrous. that's an okay thing to think or whatever. But it's like it's this really complex idea that I was very surprised to see in a yeah. kid's book of being like, you know the the monster is not what if your mom dies? The monster is like feeling so bad that you don't feel like you're, you know, having the right emotions attached to yeah. this.
1: I, I I think that's a very interesting idea that comes up in media a lot. Gone Girl, yeah. which I recently watched, has a great scene where Ben Affleck's character says, when I thought she was gone, I was so relieved. And you can tell he feels a little guilty about that, even though he fucking hates his wife with all his guts. That's, that's a great well, scene.
0: And, and if his wife was gone, he'd get to keep fucking uh, Emily Ratajkowski with uh, with no guilt. Ben, ben Affleck in Gone Girl may be a James Sunderland-esque character.
1: No! 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 No, 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 no. We haven't really talked about Gone Girl. Jacob loves this movie. I just recently watched it for the first time. Uh, Nick Innocent, bro. hes I mean, he's not a good guy.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's a guy who sucks. He does not suck on a
1: James level. Amy sucks on a James level. She fucking kills Doogie Hauser two seconds after he comes in her by slitting his throat, and then she fucking
0: Slayer bathes in blood. That's a uh, James yeah, Sunderland but d- as much. Doogie Hauser Definitely not innocent in that. He's movie. He's fine. He's just a little creepy. He, I don't think he actually was stalking her. I I think that the point of that scene is like he is he is like implying sexual violence. That's fair. I, I like. I think. I think that movie is really interesting. I haven't read the book. I assume the book is interesting in the same way. In that, like, you know, uh, uh, Roseman Pike in that movie is kind of the explicit bad guy but like the implicit bad guy is still kind of sure like patriarchy you know that she is she is like surrounded by these kind of like very potentially violent men and then she is the one actually doing the violence and like hey look she she is not innocent but uh i just think that that is a movie filled with guys who i agree I also
1: think it, it hates women a little bit, too, despite being written by a woman.
0: I, I, I think about that all the time because it's like, I don't think that you should read that movie from, like, an incel lens. Sure. A film lens. But cell if you were lens. inclined to, then, like, you could do it so easily. I don't think it,
1: like, hates women in a misogynistic way right i think it hates women in an interesting way kind of an equal opportunity yeah but like you know there are are definitely like films where the woman is the murderer but like it rocks and mm-hmm. gone girl is like women kind of suck too you know or like this specific woman like she kind of fucking sucks like she's got a lot of bad shit going on but she's she's giving and getting that bad shit it's a wild <laughs> fucking movie man
0: it's a wild movie Um, Charlie says, I'd like to start this by saying I found your podcast after a really rough time in my life, and despite the heavy subject matter you often discuss, it helped me get my mind off the heartbreak I was going through. I want to say thank you both for getting me through that. Uh, without out of the way, I want to ask if you guys have, uh, how you guys find the time to play all these games? Because I have a huge backlog, and I'm having trouble getting through it, and I was wondering how you guys do it. Uh, well, you heard uh, our discussions at the beginning of it. Uh, I think Blake and I's jobs are mm-hmm. both playing video games, even if they are not playing video games for this podcast specifically. So we're a little more used to it. Um also we have a hard deadline. You know, it's like you gotta play it or you're letting someone else down. Um yeah, I mean I, I won't speak for you. You play
1: so many more video games than I do, just in your normal life and for your job. Because your job is way more focused on Your day job is way more focused on playing video games than mine, which is not very focused on playing games. So the majority of my game playing is actually for Something Rotten, which makes it a little easier because it's not like I'm playing Something Rotten and I'm also trying to play three other new games throughout the year. That occasionally happens, but like not as often as you. So like a lot of my just normal game playing is just like I'm going to play a game for an hour tonight and it's just the Something Rotten game, which sometimes sucks. Oftentimes lately
0: been great um also they add i don't want to leave off uh blake you should read fire mm-hmm. punch by tatsuki fujimoto it's amazing amazing and weird and rotten and hell. if i'm as hell. if
1: i'm correct that's the one punch man writer uh this is their thing before one punch man yeah uh you heard of this i've been meaning to read it no? i've been meaning to read it so charlie thank you for the reminder
0: wow that guy just writes stories with punch in the title you ever
1: seen the old video of him as a kid he uploaded to youtube it's like i learned how to levitate or whatever. no Dude, this guy's a classic internet troll i gotta send you this hold on i, I assume if you just google uh tatsuki fujimoto levitate it'll pop up Oop, oh, almost I typed a K instead of an L, and Kevin Spacey was auto-suggested. Chainsaw Man author tries to levitate. It's a 15-second video.
0: Oh, okay. I'm watching. <laughs> now I'll proceed to levitate, he says. This this video, the bottom is totally cut off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and he's just, he just jumped. <laughs> He didn't. I thought he was going to like stand on a chair. He just jumped.
1: So, you know, that's uh, the current mangaka behind one of the most important uh, mangas of the last five years. (laughs) They're uploading a truly hilarious video.
0: I love that now YouTube's been around long enough that you can see the stupid uploads of people who are now like famous in and here's the thing
1: in 20 years we'll have the first tiktok president and <laughs> it's gonna be a trip uh which previous something rotten protagonist would do best at a stay in silent hill and which would do worst and toward what end of the spectrum Sis travis touchdown this comes from devesh uh the best is james cash because he just wouldn't give a fuck you just be like, all "That's right, all right. <laughs> true." All right, I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna go fucking kill everyone, and then okay, okay the game's over. Bye. Uh, who would do the worst? Yeah. It's a tie between Max Payne and uh Est- Estacado. What's Estacado's first name? From the Darkness. Oh, uh,
0: Jane, uh, Jamie, Jamie. What's his name? What it is Jack- Jackie. Jackie.
1: It's a tie between Max Payne and Jackie Esticado because they're so fucking depressed.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh hellblade is essentially a silent hill game already you know it's like zen was doing really bad in hellblade because she is essentially in silent hill uh i just want to pose an idea to you okay Uh, how fucking crazy would lynch's silent hill be (laughs) from
1: oh my god that game would be unplayable dude could you imagine holy shit the thing that's great about Silent Hill 2 is like, there'll be like one enemy in 10 minutes. It'll be the scariest thing of all time. Lynch, the first. Four seconds of that game would be three thousand enemies. <laughs> like it would. Oh my god. Yeah.
0: Did you um? Did you see the story uh from just yesterday when we're recording this about the uh the board ape conference yes. where they all yeah. like were blinded by UV lights? That's what Lynch's Silent Hill would be. Yeah. It would come out of your computer. Yeah. It would just be like you're blind now. Um.
1: Here's my idea about Travis touchdown in Silent Hill. Uh he would Im- immediately kill himself because uh it in in no more heroes the first second he has any pushback from anybody which does happen at the very end of the game he completely crumbles so like yeah. silent hill would be like hey what's up are you sure you're a good dude and he'd be like i'm out i'm not doing this i'll
0: see you later yeah it's like i you know i do think that travis touchdown is more i think that people would do better in silent hill if they were kind of no thoughts head empty and I think Travis is, like, a dumb guy, which would work in his favor. But I also think he has no backbone. And so, yeah, yeah he would just – I mean, he would do what I would do in a horror movie, which is kill myself immediately. Yeah. You know, whereas people are like, oh, we need to survive the next, like, you know, five years being haunted. I'd be like, I don't see him. <laughs> Bro, you know uh, uh
1: something I like to do late at night is just watch those garbage YouTube videos. Which are just, like, 40-minute compilations called Scariest Footage V83. Love uh-huh. it. And you watch them, and, like, if a video's 40 minutes long, you watch 38 minutes of the dumbest shit you've ever seen and two minutes of the scariest shit you've ever seen in your entire life. And those two minutes are always, like, two dudes in Ireland being like, oh, I'm going go, uh, to go to a hotel where 4 billion people died. And like the fact they walk around those for an hour is always so insane to me because I'm like, I would not go into the parking lot of that building. And I think that's the issue with people like uh is She's like, well, I guess I got to live here in Silent Hill. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like if I was James, I'd be like, I don't care that much. I killed my wife. I'm over it. I'm leaving Silent Hill. Well,
0: and that's why the in-water ending is the best ending. That's right. Uh, But uh, yeah, I think uh, James Cash would be like, I don't care. Yeah, I think think that's a great answer. Hannah writes in and says, This season prompted me to replay Silent Hill 2 this year. Just finished an in-water game, and I'm probably going to try for the dog ending. Hell yeah. Now that you've touched on one of the Konami Titans, would you ever consider Metal Gear for something rotten? I think there's a lot of rot to be got in that franchise, but I think in particular, Peace Walker, as well as the two MGS5s, are definitely pretty rotten. Love the pod. Keep doing what you're doing.
1: Can I answer this one? Sure. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge.
0: Moving on. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um,
1: What are the two
0: MGS5s? that confuses me well ground zeros oh right because ground zeros i think is is actually much more rotten than mgs ground
1: zeros the one with the vagina bomb right that is correct it's also my favorite uh mid-70s 42nd street film (laughs) vagina bomb (laughs) oh yeah uh yeah wink wink nudge nudge i first experienced the silent hill franchise this year while i was sick with a rancid combination of tonsillitis and the flu i've had tonsillitis I've broken a lot of bones. Tonsillitis, worst pain I've ever been in. Um, Since the first three games essentially do not exist anymore, sadly, I watched a silent playthrough of them online. Delirious from exhaustion and discomfort. A perfect time to absorb media obsessed with decay, sickness, and the inability to tell the real from the fake. Needless to say, it was an interesting experience. Highly recommend it. Yeah, everyone go out there and get tonsillitis (laughs) and the flu so you
0: can experience this.
1: Everything about this franchise I am obsessed with now, but something that I cannot help but notice is the game's apparent fear of sex, specifically the physical act itself. In these games, the act of sex is broken down to its basic and primal form, bodies of meat violently smacking into one another, an insertion, a subs... A subsequently disgusting and repulsive act that never brings any warmth or care. The games are constantly trying to remind you of the inherent violence of this tender act. And while there is obviously a lot of extra context going on, I cannot help but think about all the protruding holes, jutting pistons, and the series' willingness to associate anything sexual with diseased or pummeled pieces of flesh. See Mary's disease, Pyramid's head's butcher outfit, and Heather's injuries. As an asexual person who does not like physical contact, it never ceases to freak me out. My question for something raw then is twofold. One, what do you think about this franchise's fear of the human body? And two, has any piece of media ever freaked you out so much from its depiction of something that it introduced a new fear, discomfort, inside of you? Uh, thanks for the wonderful show. Most recently, Blake got me to check out Shows in Fukui's awesome work, and now I'm a proud owner of the Blu-ray copy of 964 Pinocchio! Wanted to include that last part, because that rocks. I don't even own that Blu-ray. So shots up uh
0: what do you think about it's, it's scared <laughs> like most men it's scared of sex i so this is actually this is interesting and i'm i'm really glad that uh jacob from australia wrote in with this mm-hmm. because i you, you talked about in silent hill 3 the game and thus heather being scared of sex which is not how i read it necessarily because i i saw it much more as the you know the omnipresent threat of sexual violence which is i think i I, like i want to really separate that from just fear of sex in general because you know and, and so i do think and i'm not saying like but i do think that both of those things are fears that you can work with and i read it much more as sexual violence but i do think it's interesting that the game would be kind of sex negative in general in this way
1: i think i've read it both ways um granted i do not have the lived experience of a woman much less a teenage woman but uh i think like my reading of heather i think i said this on the show she's a virgin and Mm -hmm. i don't think the game's not explicit in that but i think you can pretty easily take it that way and when you're a virgin, you're scared of having sex. And I also assume if you're a young woman, or any woman, really, uh, you're scared of sexual violence. I think it's dealing with both at the same time. It's like sex is just this ever-present concept for her, uh, both in that, like, she probably wants to have it. She's probably a little nervous to have it. She's also terrified it will be used violently against her.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I just – I, it's like – Heather is an interesting protagonist in these games because she is not really experiencing the same level of guilt as the other protagonists, you know, and so, like, while I think that it is a totally, you know, like, fair reading to kind of think about the internalized guilt about having sex at all— it's not something that i really get from heather's character sure you know like the 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 horror of the game seems to be more specifically focused on just like what being a woman in the world is like Mm -hmm. um but you know so so it's it's just like it's something that i've i've been thinking about where it's like i don't I, i i don't think that there is no like I don't know that Heather is scared of sex as a general concept, as much as just kind of like the silent hillification of just like, it will never show you anything tender or warm at all. Um, That being said, uh, these games are, they're incredibly fleshy and they are incredibly, you know, as um, I I think, I think that uh, Jacob has an actor accurate characterization in that like fear of the human body that like, Almost all of the bosses are, like, human figures that are, like, broken in some way, which I, uh, yeah.
1: I think uh, this is going to sound a little reductive, but bear with me. I think, like, the depiction of sex in these games, on the one hand, is just, like, a genre trope. I mean, horror, Mm -hmm. like, I mean. (laughs) You have sex, you die. Well, no, that's not exactly what I'm saying. I mean, there is, like, the slasher aspect where sex is sexy and then you know there's the whole final girl concept but like I think a lot of horror much like you know haunted houses make you scared of the normalcy of your home like sex Mm -hmm. in horror films can exist to you know be a point of fear it's something that you are likely used to or at least familiar enough with so if you flip it on its head it becomes inherently uh (laughs) yeah almost said becomes inherently sexy becomes inherently scary I think that's what it's doing here I think like not like Not shallowly, I think, like, the game has, like, is trying to say things about sex. But I think that's what it's doing. And I think, like, that's an interesting place a lot of horror films go. A movie we've talked about numerous times in relation to Silent Hill is Raw, which deals a lot with virginity and sexual violence and how, like, that, and just sex in general and how that is a constant concern for young women. Um, Takashi Miike's work, which is not inherently horror, uh rarely show sex as a loving act and I I have always thought he uh, has an interesting view of sex and how it's depicted in his film so I think it's a trope they're playing on in a way that like games haven't done well or at least not like big budget games that
0: this kind of does well Does that make sense yeah well it's it's a really hard line to walk i think because it's like there are vanishingly few good sex scenes in games of like actually showing you know human warmth and intimacy or whatever usually games are just just kind of lean into the objectification of like haha you get to see some titties now hell yeah um but also there aren't a lot of games that have done well like you know specifically like a fear of sexual violence that hasn't also felt exploitative in some way what is a game with a good sex scene god of war 2 uh wolfenstein the new order ah uh, yes yes <laughs> you know what which god of war game has the best sex scene it's got to be three god of war when you uh war. you fuck Aphrodite and, and her two yeah. like maids watch yeah. Beautiful. Wow, what a what a franchise yeah wolfenstein
1: has a good one did, did they do it in new colossus too
0: um i don't think no she's um Anya's naked in new colossus but it's not a sex scene well okay actually new colossus has like a jokey sex scene where there's the um uh the one of the characters fucks the like uh german girl who kind of was the daughter oh. of it's like you find them in a submarine it's not like bad but it is like it's kind of played for laughs um i think gosh what games have good sex scenes
1: none <laughs> new colossus
0: and that's it does i i haven't you've played more cyberpunk than me oh does cyberpunk have like interesting sex scenes yeah for sure um uh oh god i can't
1: remember her name the The character I only romanced one character, and the sex scene
0: I had with her was like beautiful and hot and like like I'm so I was trying to Google sex scenes in games. I just typed sex scenes and hit enter on Google. Hell
1: yeah Hell you how'd that work out for you?
0: Um, probably Baldur's Gate uh, has good ones, but neither of us have played that enough to know. Um, anyway, uh, the second part of their question was, has any piece of media freaked you out so much from its depiction of something that it introduced a new fear slash discomfort inside you? Uh, yeah, constantly. Most of my fears come from something scary that I saw in a movie. Judy Alvarez is the character I was trying to think of. That is the character I romanced. Uh, Like what? Any specifics? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, I was always just... I, I, as a kid, you know, I would just be scared of, like, there's a monster in the dark, and the monster would be whatever scary thing I saw most recently. You know, so so uh, Voldemort from Harry Potter 1, when his face is all melty, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, when the faces melt off, right. you know, plenty, plenty of weird things. I, I think everyone feels scared driving behind log trucks because of that Final Destination sure. scene. I, uh, I don't have long hair anymore, so this isn't particularly
1: a problem, but I used to be a hair chewer. It's pretty gross. Oh. And uh, I tell you what, bringing it up again, baby. Raw. Make you make you <laughs> never put hair in your fucking mouth again. Good God. Uh, also, anytime I'm around a staircase, I'm like, damn, remember when that little girlfriend Ju-on drug her bloody corpse down those stairs? Scary. Don't like it. Don't like stairs anymore. Oh, also – Inside and the original Halloween, and maybe even the strangers, just things in the background when it's dark, just shit in the windows, not jump scaring you, just kind of hovering there. Not a fan, used to not bother me, now it bothers me anyway. Uh, not the Beau Burnham inside the French film, La Intro I watched all the cutscenes of the game, and a notable scene was the one where James has to hide in the closet from Pyramid Head as it attacks two other monsters. The scene was uploaded and described as the mannequin rape scene. I certainly thought that the way Pyramid Head was moving and mashing their bodies together looked sexual, as brief as the moment is. Obviously, I'm not the only one, but people were arguing in the comments that it wasn't. So what do y'all think? I know James' sexual frustration is more so represented through Maria, but I don't discount the idea that we see the absolute worst of him through Pyramid Head. If we include Angela's story as well, the theme of sexual violence seems to reoccur in multiple places. That being said, I still haven't played the game and a am way too scared to, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, I wanted to include this because we did call it a rape in our episode mm-hmm. with Drucker, and even though I, I think we should maybe not take everything Masahiro Ito says as law on his Twitter. Uh, He's the one who designed and I believe animated the scene. And I'm almost certain he has come out and said, this is not a rape
0: scene. I, this scene has always been, yeah, kind of interesting because the, the, you know, the most common reading of it is, is that he's raping the mannequin figures. And I, yeah, it's kind of like, I, it's very easy to see where that reading would have come from. And, you know a lot of other silent hill stuff see obviously angela's whole plot right. line, you know is is about sexual assault and whatever um but yeah i think it's I, I i think it's kind of taken as canon in a way that maybe it shouldn't
1: i think it's definitely using like dominant sexually dominant kind of like imagery you know but that doesn't yeah. inherently mean a sexual assault is happening um I mean, I don't know what to, like, there is a creepy reading of it that, like, Pyramid Head is just kind of fucking with the bodies just to fuck with them, which is kind of scary.
0: Yeah, well, I'm just looking at different people's readings where, I don't know, it is, watching that scene, it's, yeah, it's really, I mean, I think its power is in its abstraction where it, it, there's no clear answer on, like, what he's doing, and also the mannequin Legs are so like non human that it's hard to tell, like, this is what they're doing because they're just four legs. Um, I so I think I, I, I Haven, I think you're kind of, I don't know, I, I, I think that it's like it's right to question it to be like, I don't know if this should be, I don't think that that should just be taken as like, well, obviously, this is the one thing that's happening yeah. there. Um, here's an interesting thought about Pyramid Head. Post Silent Hill
1: 2, especially the movies and his other appearances, Pyramid Head is often shown as like a bona fide Billy badass in a lot of things. But like playing Silent Hill 2, the original one, he's kind of a goofball, especially in this scene when he (laughs) just like kind of moves around all funny like. Uh, I don't think it makes him less scary. It makes him weirder for sure, which is scary. Mm-hmm. But like, he was not the hulking monstrosity in this game. I thought he was going to be. He was just kind of like a no. A,
0: a loser. Yeah, it's like in in you know the Silent Hill movie when he shows up, he is he is essentially God. You know, it's like there is not even a hope of like defeating him. And it's like, yeah, he's just he's just like a weird guy who's very strong, but like doesn't. It, Does not, you know, there's a gosh, I can't remember which YouTube video this was. So my apologies. But it's like someone has pointed out that it's like a lot of times he's not even acting. It's like if he wanted to kill James, there are several times that he could have done so and didn't, you know, And, and often he's kind of like helping him in weird ways, like throwing him, you know, in the hospital thing. He's
1: the big homie. We never talk about this. He's your friend in that game.
0: Yes, I, you know, it's like the Pyramid Head mythos is very detached from, like, Pyramid Head's game appearance. Uh, Mark says, my take on the HD collection is this. They're a good thing. Right now on my Xbox Series X, I can download the backwards compatible version and play these two classic games. Yeah, I know the fog is weird and the shadows are harsher. I've watched the digital foundries uh, videos. I know all the issues. But as someone who's played the PS2 originals and the PC versions, I'm here to say it's not that bad. I played them both this year and was completely absorbed. Creeping around the apartments illuminated only by my torch. I wasn't taken out of the experience at all and was still fully engaged in spook. I worry at how many people never got a chance to play these classic games because of the discourse around the HD version. Um, People are told, never play these versions. It's a train wreck, ruins the games. And maybe because of the chore around downloading and running old PC games or emulating them, they will never play them. Slightly different thought. How is this game so scary while also being so easy? The rising music, the creeping atmosphere, my heart is pounding and the dread increasing. Then I find a monster, down it in three shots and move on. But the atmosphere isn't tarnished. I'm still scared and my heart hasn't stopped thudding. This audio design and pacing of the game is outstanding.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I've i thought about that last point a lot, Mark, and I agree, but I think you answered your own question. The rising music, the creeping atmosphere. It's, it's, it's a yeah.
0: masterclass. Um, I... Uh, in general, I think that um, the, the HD collection perspective is a good one to have. You know, the people agree, complaining yeah. about the HD collections are mostly diehard fans. I think the biggest loss is probably just different vocal performances. Uh, you know, like, I I think the, the vocals are very, very core to uh, the original Silent Hill 2. But yeah, it's like, you know, it's the same thing as kind of like, it's... It's worse to have not played them at all than to play a kind of slightly lesser version of them. It, it's still, you still get to play Silent Hill 2, which is one of the best games ever made.
1: Uh, we got someone writing in; I can't remember who it was. Um, but they, they wrote in about how they played this game on a CRT and then rubbed it in my face. That <sighs> was a like, uh, yeah, I thought that was good to include because, you know, maybe it would have saved me some headache if I would have just played them on my Xbox instead of going into the Game Informer storage facility and digging through boxes to find these games.
0: Yeah, but that's so cool. No one else can do that. That's true. Well, like
1: like 30 people can if yeah. you work at Game Informer. So get a job at Game Informer. Um, then move to Minneapolis. Last question from Alessio. What's the first game you killed someone in and did it? impact you in any way
0: this is such a weird question a good question because it's yeah I, it is but it's like i, I have no i i mean i'm just trying to think of what are the earliest video games that i
1: played i don't think any video game murder even when i was five years old has really impacted me in like a profound way but the one that comes to mind that i remember being like what the fuck is shogo mobile armor division which i've talked about on the show before When I shot someone and they uh, exploded into Gibbs jibs, they're like the bloody chunks that kind of look like Uh when you cut up a tomato. I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like five years
0: old. I I remember that very vividly. It's like, I'm sure the first game, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, my first game with quote unquote violence was probably like Lego Star Wars or something, you know, but it's like that doesn't really count. I'm sure... That it was a an online flash game, you know, that I was playing and was sudden because those had no ratings, there was no kind of parental c- control on them. And there would be you would just click on something and find like shocking violence. Um, I'm trying to think of like, you know, there was there's was that madness, the madness online flash series, and then they had like a, a game and that you could play madness interactive um I, but i i have no idea it's like i'm sure it was an online flash game and i'm sure that i was kind of initially like looking around to be like are, are my parents going to see this you know because it was like i knew that it was inappropriate you know that was that was my feeling it's like i knew that i shouldn't be doing that but i wasn't like I, I don't think i was like grossed out personally and i'm i can't really remember a time when i played a game and was like this seems like too much for me you yeah, know
1: i mean i've never played the original silent hill but my dad bought it when i was in elementary school and both my parents checked it out and i did not watch it with them because they're like nah you ain't checking this shit out little boy uh but i remember them being like fuck this shit and i think that was the first time i was like can a game be evil you know i remember it kind of like sitting in the back of my mind for a long time just being like
0: it really freaked my mom out. I remember um this is this is slightly different, but um for my cousin, my cousin who's significantly older than me, uh for his bar mitzvah, my grandma bought him an Xbox and I once went upstairs in my grandparents' house probably when I was about 7 and I saw them playing Halo on my like grandpa's tv and it's like the first time i can remember seeing a first person shooter and i like i couldn't even like conceptualize the perspective You know, it was like, it was like, I looked at the screen and I like, did not know what was happening because I was like, where's the character you're controlling? You know, like, where's the little guy running around? And I just have this scene where it's like, and I, I can kind of remember that and being like, okay, yeah, no, they were, they were holding a needler. I can remember. But when I first saw it, it was like, I didn't know what a first person game was. Yeah,
1: Uh, Have you ever heard the story of Leo Vader (laughs) being at like a, a sleepover? And he wasn't allowed to play M-rated games. And at the sleepover, they played, like, Halo 2 or Halo 3. And he went home to his parents and cried because he played an M-rated game.
0: Was it because he felt guilty or because he was, like, so because scared? Because he felt guilty. Oh, my
1: gosh. Uh, I mean, like, here's the problem with me. I'm a born gamer, Jacob. You're born freak. Uh, I used to, like, This is this is true. I would sit next to my dad at our old computer when I was, like, six years old and just watch him play Max Payne all day, every day. And he'd play No One Lives Forever, and I would just sit there. He'd play Deus Ex. And I was just watching death constantly. The ones I remember, though, are, like, movie scenes that really fucked me up. Like, uh, mm-hmm. oh, God, what is the shark movie? Deep Blue Water? Uh, Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. Where Samuel
0: – My head is like a shark's fin.
1: I've never seen the movie other than this quick scene. Oh, it...
0: oh but where where the shark jumps out and gets Samuel exactly, Jackson and dude. just like slams him up. Exactly. And <laughs>
1: I talked about this somewhere recently, but uh, I was at a neighbor's house on where I grew up, and uh, they had that movie on in the living room. I was like just walking by, and that scene happened, and I literally ran out their front door. They live two doors down from me. I ran down my street screaming, literally screaming. <laughs> um, despite the fact, like, I have been obsessed with horror my entire life, I was so bad with horror when I first started watching it. Probably because I watched it too little. Like, I remember watching the original Halloween, and my dad took me to a fruit market at like one in the afternoon, sunny, beautiful day, and I was genuinely petrified. And it wasn't even Halloween. That's the fucked up part. It was summer. Michael Myers he famously only comes at one day of the year, and I was so scared. He was going to get me on, like, June 3rd. So those are the ones that stick out to me the most. But video games, Video games. I'm a boring gamer, dude. It doesn't, I don't give a shit. I was playing Max Payne. Yeah. The scene I remember in Max Payne when I was a little kid being like, what's going on there? Is the scene where a, there's an implied blowjob. And I was like, huh, why'd that woman disappear off screen? <laughs> I remember that very vividly. Why why is
0: Sam Lake making that face? No, Sam Um, Lake doesn't get the blow job. It's like some boss. I do remember this was much, much later, but I do remember, uh, the first time that I, uh, Shot someone in the head in Max Payne three because that game has <laughs> more detailed blood decals <laughs> yeah. than any game before or since. Yeah. And seeing seeing essentially someone's like eye socket explode because you shoot them was like still memorable even though I had been gaming for uh you know eighteen years at that point. Jacob glen
1: Glenn Geller Glenn Ross, true or false? You all freak, you little little pervert. True or false? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I guess in video games true
1: you little violence perv uh has anything in movies or video games shocked you recently
0: been like what the fuck oh well i mean movies shock me all the time okay. because i'm uh i'm scared of them uh all movies like, actually there's all movies like no. all movies i'm scared of a moving image <laughs> on the <a> screen <laughs> you would
1: hate <laughs> the museum of the moving image right next to my house i bet
0: um i uh i mean it this did not this did not shock me in like i couldn't sleep after but there's um there's a scene in the the animated show scavenger's rain that i i sent you and was oh, telling yeah, you yeah. to watch where it's like in the first episode a character gets like like inhales a fungus and then kind of has this vision of themselves dying and and it's like really uh quite grotesque and there's a scene where just like all of her guts just, like, fall out of her body. Yeah. And I was like, whoa! Um, but I, I'm i trying to think of, like, the last horror movie or violent movie I saw where I needed to, like, look away. Um, I don't know. You know that scene in John Wick 3 where he pushes the knife into the guy's eyeball, like, slowly? Great scene. Uh, I, I still... You know, you know my ultimate, like, movie ick, like I can barely watch yeah. it, is... The uh, the classic French surreal film Un, Un Chien Andalou, Salvador Dali where they baby. cut the eyeball yeah. with a laser not uh. a
1: laser a straight razor
0: oh no why did I say a laser yeah. a razor uh he
1: switches to the the lamb's eyeball
0: crazy gr- yeah the
1: the ants crawl out of the palm of the hand later awesome movie yeah great movie <laughs> a
0: rotten movie
1: violence is so cool we should talk about this more I love violence uh there's a something rotten channel on the um jacob geller discord which i'm a a frequent viewer and user of and for a long time people love to before we announce what we're playing next people like to speculate what we're going to play on the next season and for a long time people saw uh i have my discord settings where it shows what i'm playing which i should really change considering i play things that uh people aren't supposed to know i'm playing but for a long time it was showing i was playing the game silent hunter 3 and people are like, in the Discord, they're like, what are they playing next season? Because Silent Hunter 3 is like a, a a naval strategy game. And people are like, are they doing a fucking Silent Hunter 3 season? This is crazy. <laughs> and what it was is the completely legal, non-Gore Verbinski Pirates of the Caribbean version of Silent Hill 3 I was playing on my PC, which I got completely legally from Konami, my friends. Who sent it to me? Was that's what it was displaying on Discord? As was Silent Hunter Three,
0: Silent Hunter, 3. and it was Silent
1: Hill Three the whole time. I fucking duped y'all. Got your ass.
0: Did you notice that? Got him. I did. Yeah. I, I was like, wow, Blake's playing <laughs> Silent Hunter 3 a lot. Yeah, I wasn't. Is the thing. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for writing in with questions. Uh, listen to our bonus episode with tales if you want to hear us talk way more about movies and books and music. And also find out what we're doing for next season. Um, That'll be starting soon. 50th episode coming up. 50th episode coming up. See you, everyone. Bye. <laughs>